Hey, if you're listening to my voice, I can already tell a few things about you. You get what you can out of life. It's a late evening at home. Everyone's busy. You've got nothing to do because you've already binge-watched all your favorite TV shows including that show your friend told you about last week. And now, you just want some background noise. That's fair. Lastly, you're someone who is always well-rested, who knows what it feels like to get great quality sleep at the right time, every night, all the time. While few of those may be true, all of them may be as well. However, if you're a listener who doesn't check the third box or even scrape the surface, you're in luck. Because while I'm not a licensed sleep professional, I'm just right. Welcome to the first episode of the Melatone Inn podcast. I'll start this off by saying simply, thank you for listening. Aside from podcaster, I am a poet and recording artist as well. I'll provide a link to some of my work nearby for the interested. You can also support the podcast and follow at Melatone In across all social media platforms. That's M-E-L-L-A-T-O-N-E-I-N. And subscribe to the weekly email list for updates on content, future episodes, and more. Speaking of more, I want to guarantee all my new listeners a free guided sleep routine I have created once you've chosen to opt in and receive emails from the podcast. Now, I don't know about you, but I love poetry. I've been writing creatively for the better part of 12 years and enjoy the insight every individual piece can offer its reader. So, what I'd like to do is introduce a poem at the beginning of each episode, and with each poem, I'll give my heartfelt perspective on what the poem represents to me. You could do the same. Poetry, in my eyes, is something that connects us with our deepest self and the beauty of language. To be able to share that with others offers something very profound that our souls could benefit from as we go day to day here on Earth. This first poem is from a guy I found on writeoutloud.com named Cody Roach. It's called Sunburn 
which, at first glance, I thought it would be a detailed and vivid description of an interaction with the son he had this summer. I'm kidding. A little bit. Cody is 21 years of age, born in Indiana. When I took the time to ask Cody what writing poetry does for him, he told me, Writing poetry allows for me to unload my thoughts onto a piece of paper and fully express my emotions to its greatest extent. Good on you. Here's Cody Roach's Sunburn. Standing on the edge, anxiety trembling through your palms, heavy breaths and restless thoughts, equally to the shade of a tree, disallowing any sunlight to penetrate. To some, the tree may feel like home, shielding your innocent skin from deterioration. The burning of life is inevitable, as is the peeling of self-reflection. The paleness of your melanin deserves to absorb the light afar from what's deemed comfortable. In turn, your eyes deserve to see beauty of the tree without loathing beneath its canopy. First off, I want to say thank you to Cody Roach for allowing me to share his poem. You can follow his journey at Cody underscore Roach underscore on Instagram, and you can also view more of his work online at writeoutloud.com. As I started reading this, I immediately felt a hopelessness. Standing on the edge, heavy breaths and restless thoughts, disallowing any sunlight to penetrate. Those words and the way they're arranged make me think of depression. When we're at our most vulnerable in terms of how we feel about ourselves, sometimes there is no sun, no bright side, only anxiety and never-ending thoughts. Equally to the shade of a tree, to some, the tree may feel like home. That last line hits hard because it speaks of individuals who are so used to feeling this way. For so long, it feels like something they almost have to experience. Because at the end of the day, you've got to go home. Right? A lot 
lot of us struggle to feel good about ourselves from time to time. And life has a way of knocking us around on top of that. Hence, the burning of life is inevitable. The paleness of your melanin deserves to absorb the light afar from what's deemed comfortable. In turn, your eyes deserve to see beauty of the tree without loathing beneath its canopy. This symbolizes the idea that life itself is incredibly beautiful and despite what we go through, so are we. We deserve to see the beauty of the tree, life, without holding our head down and missing out on what this one-time experience has to offer us all. Nicely done, Cody. If you're listening, thanks again. What does this poem represent to you? You can leave a comment below, or just comment to yourself. Now, let's get to it, alright? Sleep. Is it overrated? Is it expensive? Can we go without it? No. No, and absolutely not. Sleep is by far the most important part of keeping our mental and physical health in the green. Sleep is essential for the repair of cells, tissue, a healthy brain function, and emotional well-being, as well as the overall safety of ourselves and everyone around us. You remember that one time, right? Yeah, I sure do. Thankfully, the fire was small, but that's a story for another day. Now, take a moment to think of a sponge. Just a household sponge. Bright, yellow, and absorbent. Fresh out of the packaging, ready to take on any household task. If this sponge were to be submerged in water, it would effectively absorb and store as much of that water as it could, thus becoming heavier. Once finished, you'd wring it dry, stow it, and life continues. Simple, right? What I've laid out for you is a metaphorical representation of the brain. The sleep-promoting chemical adenosine found within the brain rises in level the longer you are awake. It actually slows down neurons, causing you to feel that drowsy sensation towards the day's end. And that recommended nightly seven to nine hours of good old-fashioned quality time with the Sandman is the moment our bodies are wrung of toxins 
Isn't that neat? If you're saying to yourself, Hey man, I'm busy. These days, I don't have a minute to waste. So five to six hours is good enough for me. I feel fine. I smile at your determination to get things done. But over time, the effects of what's called sleep deprivation will deepen. Sleep deprivation, not to be confused with insomnia, is simply not getting enough sleep as a result of obligations or behavioral choices. Sleep deprivation ranges from acute to chronic, hinging upon whether the issue is short or long-term. Staying up past midnight to finish a project or hang out with your buddies is okay. You'll feel a bit sluggish the next day and not as sharp as you would be otherwise, but no lasting damage is done. Say this habit were to last 28 days and counting. You're now stepping into the world of sleep deficiency. More than likely, you'll begin to experience an inability to focus, slower reactions, higher risk of stroke or high blood pressure, impaired memory, weight gain, lack of motivation, eventual issues fighting common infections, and in rare cases, death. These cases would concern people who didn't sleep for more than several days, inhibiting judgment greatly, as well as alertness, putting them more at risk of being involved in extremely dangerous or even fatal situations. With that said, I want to get a bit more serious, just for a moment. In the rarest circumstances, there are people who can't sleep. And when I say this, they are actually unable to fall asleep forever. A very uncommon genetic sleep disorder called FFI or fatal familial insomnia affects on average one in one million people each year. FFI is considered a progressive neurodegenerative disease. This means that nerve cells in the brain, specifically the thalamus are progressively dying off. Regarding FFI, a mutation of the PRNP gene causes an attack on the thalamus, the area of the brain that regulates sleep, among other things like appetite and body temperature. This is the reason why symptoms include, but aren't limited to excessive sweating. The insomnia becomes increasingly worse, leading a person affected to experience trouble thinking and concentrating, significant rises in blood pressure, hallucinations, and loss of coordination. Nerve cells continue to deteriorate over time, and 
This matter becomes fatal within six to 36 months. The initial symptoms of FFI begin between the ages of 33 and 60. Unfortunately, there is no cure, and people who think they may be affected won't know for sure unless they undergo sleep documentation, numerous studies, and genetic testing. To anyone who is battling with this horrific condition, if you can hear me now, my heart sincerely goes out to you. To anyone who is experiencing insomnia and feels it's getting worse, please share your concerns with your doctor. Also, to those who are no longer with us because of this horrible disease or anyone at that, rest in peace. Okay, guys, let's brighten things back up now. I'll share with you one thing I know. If you've made it this far, we're going to make good friends down the road. Sleep is critical to all living things for many, many reasons. And ensuring we make time for rest consistently this will come to benefit us in so many different aspects of our lives. Mentally, we're sharper and just feel so much more in control. Physically, we can better take on those days that require a lot from us. We look livelier. We're generally in a better mood and are better with decision-making. And if you're single, imagine you run into someone you find attractive. Someone you maybe want to get to know. Shoot your shot, alright? But we can both agree you wouldn't be as witty as your usual self if you're not getting adequate sleep. Sleep is a recurring state of altered consciousness in which the operation of the nervous system as well as nearly all voluntary muscles in the body are suspended for several hours. This is important to our longevity and has far too many internal and external benefits to be taken as lightly as some will at different moments in their lives. Everyone has an internal body clock, or as you might have heard before, a circadian rhythm. This is simply the 24-hour cycle that communicates to our bodies when to sleep, when to rise, eat. Light and darkness play sizable roles as our circadian rhythm responds primarily to them both, causing us to feel more energized or more restful. It makes sense, doesn't it? We feel more awake in the daytime 
and more drowsy when night falls. When we're greeted by the sun, our adrenal gland releases a hormone called cortisol, which prepares us to wake. Cortisol plays a sizable role in our sleep-wake cycle, stimulating wakefulness and supporting alertness throughout the day. Our cortisol levels decrease as the day progresses, allowing the buildup of adenosine and another hormone to create a restful state within us, moving us closer and closer to bedtime. This other hormone is made by the pineal gland, a pea-sized mass of tissue located in the center of the brain. Can you guess what it is? I'll give you a hint. It starts with the letter M and ends with elatonin. Still nothing? Okay, okay. Melatonin is created in response to darkness. Levels begin to increase in the evening and usually peak around the time you begin to nod off. Cortisol and melatonin are basically yin and yang. One does not succeed without the other. Melatonin is produced in laboratories also. Since it's deemed a food supplement and not a medication by the FDA, it's accessible without a prescription in most natural food or drug stores you'd come across. Synthetic melatonin can react to certain medications and cause serious health problems, so not everyone can take the supplement. Those that can and do, however, often take melatonin for reasons such as jet lag, delayed sleep-wake phase disorder, anxiety before a dramatic event like surgery, or anything else. It's important to note, however, a healthy balance of everything is ideal. Too much of something can become a negative experience quickly. In regards to our sleep, we can overdo it too. Hypersomnia is a condition in which you sleep more than nine hours on a consistent basis and experience excessive sleepiness during waking hours. This can be problematic for a lot of reasons and it's important to manage this condition as best as possible to ensure you live always feeling your best. Narcolepsy is one of the causes of hypersomnia and this is when you go through that excessive sleepiness during your day and have strong urges to sleep. This would result in you paying a sleep debt and sleeping more to make up for the hours you've lost the night earlier. Balance is everything, and the disadvantages to oversleeping are similar to those of not sleeping enough.
It's a busy life and a cold world. I understand. We need to be able to have the things we have to feel good, to feel secure. But we need to be able to make time for the right kind of sleep every night, all the time. Sometimes we can say, to heck with it. I want to have some fun tonight. I'm guilty of it as well. Just be sure you get the sleep your mind, body, and spirit needs. Your mind is busy right now, isn't it? I'm here to hijack that train of thought and drive it to, well, anywhere, any other place than where you are right now, with babble about things. If you'll allow me to be the voice in your head, guiding you on the road to peaceful sleep, to listen in, to sleep in. Let me ask you this. Do you know about lucid dreaming? I've never had one before, and in fact, about 55% of people have had one or more lucid dreams in their lives. Here's something else. Less than 30% lucid dream as often as once a month. Maybe even more than that. If you're not familiar, lucid dreaming in a nutshell, is the ability to wake up in your dream and control it from your environment, the people, your limitations, you're able to influence it all. How cool is that? Being aware of our dreams and becoming ruler over a world only we know a lot of people out there practice ways to master lucid dreaming. If you think about it, that's pretty intense. I know some of us wish we had the ability to fly high into the light blue sky. But if you were given the chance, would you really... If you could lift off the ground and soar thousands of feet into the air right now, would you take that opportunity? Sounds like a lot. But at the same time, it's helpful to remember that nothing can hurt you in a dream. So it's best to feel as comfortable and in control of your own mind during your lucid dream. You won't be harmed in any fashion. But if you're not in control, I would imagine your dream would slowly become a nightmare. Possibly the worst nightmare you've had to date. For instance, we could take the scenario from before about having the ability to fly. 
If you were to dream you were soaring over a massive crystalline body of water, gliding just beneath the clouds, of course you're not used to doing that. Some might say, hey, this is great, and focus on enjoying the experience while others can't help but think of falling. Always try your best to stay in control. That way, you'll have the best time. There are a lot of instances where people dream and record their experiences into a journal or post them online for others to see. Some of these entries are funny. Some of them super amazing. Some of them are sad. After all, dreams themselves are images, thoughts, emotions, and ideas that take place during the latter stages of sleep, but are most vivid and intense during dream sleep or rapid eye movement. Our mental health can affect the content of our dreams vastly. We have good dreams and we have bad. Bad dreams are a little different than nightmares, which is something I didn't know before. Though they both contain negative elements that elicit panic or a strong emotional response, like being trapped or chased or physically hurt. A nightmare causes you to wake up. Nightmares usually leave the person anxious or upset after they wake, moreover hesitant to return to sleep. These can recur very often in someone's life, largely due to PTSD, alcohol abuse, certain medications, or underlying medical conditions. As you could imagine, this would begin to interfere with overall sleep quality, daytime function, mood, the whole nine yards. It's estimated by the Sleep Foundation that less than 10% of adults have difficulties with recurring nightmares. So what's the deal? Why do we have good dreams, bad dreams, or dream at all? Nobody really knows. There's still debate in sleep medicine and neuroscience, among regular people too. But experts believe that dreams are one of the mind's ways of processing emotion and even the declutter of useless information from the mind, which I think is pretty cool. Bad dreams are believed to be our mind's responses to emotional trauma, distress, or fear, but more clinical research has to be done to verify that. 
what was one of the most memorable dreams or nightmares you had. This could be at any point in your life. I'll share one of mine at the end of today's show, and it's a bit silly, but I couldn't help it any at that point. Comment below. Nightmares suck. Parking tickets suck. Getting caught in a rainstorm on foot sucks. You know what else sucks? Not getting enough sleep. When I first began planning out this podcast, I had to ask myself, what is it that is keeping people awake the most? And how can I help them? I asked some of my associates what keeps them up at night, and even strangers I would chat with randomly. Although each individual... different. One commonality between them stood out to me. You might even be a victim of this yourself. Racing thoughts. Thoughts of events, real or imaginary, that have or have yet to take place. Outcomes, where you'll be in this amount of time. Relationship worries, am I disappointing the people I love? Will I ever be successful? Do I have what it takes to survive? I want to assure you that you, the lovely person listening to the Melatonin Inn podcast right now, are not alone. There are many people who can't seem to stop their constant thinking. And guess what else? The chance for these kinds of thoughts to surface the most seems to be at night, when we're lying in bed. Now, I may not be able to fix everything going on in your life, but what I can do is talk. Talk to you and get you to focus on something other than what you can't stop thinking about. Whether it's my guided sleep routines, boring sleep notes, stories that seem to go on and on, with meanders and details that don't really need to be there, or what have you. I will become the background noise in your mind for a limited time only. I will distract you from whatever thoughts are keeping you awake and help you get the sleep you require to be at the top of your game. And if you've made it this far, I feel like we're already friends. And that's a great thing. It's only going to improve from here. And I'll come up with more ways to be useful to your rest. As time goes by, 
Okay. Let's keep it going. While we think about some of the good and bad dreams that we've had, it's neat to hear about the dreams or nightmares of other people too. Some of these can be very bizarre, as you already know, but make good reading material nonetheless. I've done a little research and compiled a list of some pretty silly or strange dreams others have shared online. Let's take a look. I had a dream that my dog gave me a spray tan. One time, I dreamt I was at the table and my dinner came alive and I ran. I dreamt that a big movie director called me for a big Hollywood project, but just drove me to McDonald's and told me to get a job there. Aw, oh, man. I had a dream last night that my phone bill went up $18 every time I pressed the snooze button on my alarm. LOL, what a nightmare. Imagine how your wallet would feel. Oh, I like this one. Last night, I dreamt I was going out with a stingray. I had a dream I was being chased by giant babies. When I would escape one, another one would appear right in front of me. Strange. I dreamt I was walking in my old neighborhood, and my dog ran past me. She had no leash, and I was confused, so I ran after her, but I never caught up, and she ran away. She died a while back, and I had woke up crying. Had a dream that I was trying to buy drinks at a bar, but when I tried to get my debit card out, it was sliced cheese every time. That's actually pretty funny. I had a dream last night that I met Joe Pesci at the mall. I asked him for a photo, and he said okay, but only if I wore a clown nose and a dress. I dreamt I was kidnapped and forced into a car by a hooded assailant. My hands weren't tied, so I pulled the hood down, and it was a golden retriever. <laughs> that one made me smile. The other day, I dreamt I was a turtle. That's pretty much it. Interesting. I dreamt that I gave birth to cookies by cesarean section, and at first I thought they were beautiful, but then I ate them. There was a dream where 
my dad asked my mom to buy him a bra. I had a dream I was all alone, rolling a big donut, and this snake is wearing a vest. Hmm. I had a dream I was being chased through a forest by two giant white rabbits. They were foaming at the mouth. I tripped and fell, but all of a sudden had a machete. I whacked at them, and they were sliced in half. No blood, no bones, only buttery popcorn spilled out. That's a scary odd one for sure, but that did amuse me. Popcorn. Buttery popcorn at that. So, listen, we dream about all sorts of things. And as you can see, if you've ever had a dream that you could remember as incredibly bizarre or just downright silly, you're certainly not alone. Not alone. Not at all, all right? I did promise you one of the memorable dreams I've had, didn't I? Don't worry, I'll get to that. It would be more honest of me if I were to call it a bad dream, actually. One big, silly, bad dream. First, let's take a closer look at bad dreams. I came across a neat article by Science Daily detailing an interesting theory on why we have bad dreams. It was written in November of 2019 by the University of Geneva and poses the question, do bad dreams serve a purpose? Scientists from the university equipped 18 test subjects with high-density EEG equipment, which uses multiple electrodes positioned around the skull to measure brain activity. During the night, the participants were woken up several times and were asked a series of questions along the lines of if they've dreamt, and if so, did they feel scared? Based on these responses, scientists were able to identify two regions in the brain having to do with the induction of fear we experience during our bad dreams. The insula, which is involved in evaluating emotions, when awake, is automatically triggered when one feels afraid. The cingulate cortex also plays an interesting part in preparing motor and behavioral reactions in the event of a threat. This gave researchers at the university some of the neural connections that take place when we feel fear in our dreams. 
and have seen that similar regions are activated when we experience fear, either awake or asleep. 89 participants underwent a week-long study where they were each given a dream journal. Each of them were asked every morning upon waking to record whether or not they remember the dreams they had during their sleep and what emotions they felt, including fear. They carried on these tests until the week was up and the results demonstrated an incredibly strong bond between emotions we feel when we're asleep and when we're awake. Their findings reinforced a neuroscientific theory about our dreams, and it is this. We simulate frightening situations while dreaming in order to better react to them once we're awake. Now this is fascinating to me because that kind of makes sense, right? What better way to mentally prepare ourselves for danger or extremely nerve-wracking situations in the real world than our own private battle simulator? It's believed that Dreams might be considered as a real training for our future reactions and prepare us for dangerous or potentially fatal circumstances. If that's the case, and this is what our bad dreams serve to do, maybe they're not so bad in hindsight. It depends. All right, it's almost time to say goodnight. But before we part, I was about five years old when I had this dream. I was in my childhood home in Maryland, and it was late at night. I could tell because every light was off and it was pitch dark. I was in the upstairs hallway, standing outside the bathroom, which had an orange nightlight, shining dimly. It was unsettling, but I started walking until I made it to the edge of the stairs. I couldn't see anything, it was as if I was staring into a black hole and there was nothing. But I felt a stare beneath me when I took a step, followed by another one and another one, and I just kept going. Our stairway wasn't a very lengthy stairway at all. But for some reason, it took me a while to reach the bottom. I just kept descending, and sure enough, to the right was the dining room, and then the kitchen once you got downstairs. 
I heard glasses breaking and a commotion in the kitchen. And at that point, I was already scared. I couldn't see where I was going. The noises stopped. And all of a sudden, I see a light in front of me. It's dim, green, and coming from the kitchen, which was a few feet from where I was. The light grew brighter, and I just felt something was about to happen. So I tried to run. I couldn't move. I had every intention of escaping, but something held me in place. As the mysterious light became its brightest, out of the kitchen came absolute terror. I heard this freaky laughter and was eventually faced with a giant, glowing, green-stuffed crocodile turning out of the kitchen and heading towards me. Being about five, I wasn't having it. I tried my best to run, but I couldn't. The crocodile kept coming toward me, laughing, wanting to make friends, or more than likely try to eat me. It got so close. I woke up before anything else happened, but needless to say, I was way freaked out and didn't fall asleep soundly for a few days afterward. In my defense, it was quite large. And the laugh, if you know of Krusty the Clown, it was similar to that. Very unsettling. It feels so good to listen in, to sleep in. And I want to thank you for taking the time out of your evening to be a part of the Melatone In Podcast's very first episode. Please share this podcast with anyone you think could use a buddy in the dark. Someone they can rely on when the nights get a little rocky. As I mentioned before, I will be innovating and figuring out ways we can spend more time together, slowing down that train of thought and getting you the sleep you require to feel like a champion. Sleep on and sleep well, my friend. See you next time. Good night.